Hello, I'm Alfred. Chris isn't here. It's Thursday, and this is Why Wait Till Sunday. Probably a top five midweek college football DFS show. Okay, it is week six. I am solo while Chris gallivants around the world with his lovely bride. Uh, we wish him the best, safe travels. Uh, I know he's having a great time. Sent a picture to our uh, team Slack with uh, looked like some kind of elaborate spa setup with, uh, I mean, I don't know, a bunch of really nice pampering type looking things. So I'm hoping he's, I hope he's having a great time uh, with some time off, uh, you know, I guess he's away from the grind. You know, he said he wasn't bringing his laptop. I bet you he's going to put together a couple lineups. Uh, and I hope I do you right, you know, with this show on my own. I did it uh, last year, obviously, was solo. But uh, Chris has brought so much to the show. Um, and I really appreciate all his contributions. Um, but this week, it's just me. And so, you know, since I don't have the typical back and forth banter with Chris, I think it'll be a little bit of a shorter show. But one thing I wanted to share with you guys, I know this is a college football show, but I came across this clip. Um, I believe it's uh, Chargers new head coach, Brandon Staley, talking about uh, why the run game is important. And I have to say, it's, it's one of the absolute best sound bites I have ever heard from a football coach talking about the importance of the run game, because I was just thinking about this, you know, last week with one of my friends and I was talking and, you know, we were making fun of establishing the run and all this, because that's what we like to do, of course. But, uh, you know, I conceded like there's something to, you can't just drop back 80 times a game, you know, uh, some college teams do it, but I don't think that's going to work in the pros. And I, I was like, there's something to the run game, not as much as like establishing the run, but it just, I, I had to concede, like, it's important in a way, especially if it's working, you might as well. Uh, I wouldn't force it if you're just running into the back of your, you know, offensive lineman. But um, anyway, I think this description is, is just perfectly described in a really elegant way, uh, but also conceding true physicality in the game of football. We can't deny that. But, but really, I'll just let you listen to it. Uh, what I think that the running game does for a quarterback um, is it gives you some breathers. And, um, you know, you don't need a good running game to be a good play action team. But what you need the running game for is the physical element of the game. There's a physicality to the game that's real, right? If you're just a passing team, okay, there's a physical element to the game that the defense doesn't have to respect, Okay. And that's the truth, okay? Because the data will tell you, you don't need a run game to play pass. That's not, you don't need that. But what the running game does for you, it brings a physical dimension to the football game. And what the running game does that the passing game does not is the running game forces the defense to play blocks and to tackle. That happens on a run play. You must play blocks and you must tackle. In the passing game, those things don't have to happen, right? You don't have to play as many blocks. Right. And you don't may not have to tackle based on incomplete or not. So what the running game does is it really challenges your physicality. And that's why I think the run game is important to a quarterback is because it's going to allow him literally to have more space to operate 
when you do throw the football. Okay. It's not that you need the run game to throw it. It's just what it gives the rest of your skill players. And I mean, that's just, that's music to my ears, kind of an understanding of the game, um, why these things work in tandem. You know, people say all the time, oh, the run game sets up the pass, etc." Some people say the pass sets up the run, blah, blah, blah. But I just thought that was really, if you like football in general, which I think everybody listening to this does, uh, really nice insight into some of the interworkings of strategy, play calling, probably element, an element there of sequencing of plays. You know, I've said a lot of times a good OC isn't only about scheme and X's and O's, but it's, it's setting up play selection uh, in a way that keeps the defense off balance. And that's how you can really succeed. Similar to how a pitcher could sit back there and just hurl it 9,900 miles an hour every single time. But eventually, uh, professional hitters are going to catch up to that 99 fastball. The whole thing that makes a 9,900 mile an hour fastball um, effective is that you can throw it 78 in the left bottom corner or 99 middle high and the batter has to choose after the ball leaves your hand which one of those it's going to be um you can't do the same thing every time you can't be only pass you can't be only run uh these things work in tandem and, it, and it's a sequencing where when they're expecting the fastball you throw the you know the change up or, or vice versa, you know, whatever. Uh, when they're expecting play action, you actually run the ball. When you, um, you line up in such a way that it looks like the same off-tackle run you've done three times that game, but you have the exact same play uh, design. However, at that point, it's play action and you boot out and, you know, whatever it may be. But the whole point is you want to look the same but change it up. And I think uh, that was a great description just for us football people that just enjoy the game, uh, why these things work, uh, why they need to work together. Um, and just done with, in such a, I mean, articulate, excellent description. I mean, I, I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Wanted to share it with you, but now it's time to get into the actual, um, the actual meat and potatoes of our week. We're going to do the slate. So we got, oh, shoot, that is a mess up. It's not week four anymore. It is week six, actually. So that's a couple of weeks old. Um, but it's uh, we've got uh, starting with South Carolina at Tennessee. This is a 52-point total. Tennessee is sitting at 31 points projected. Uh, South Carolina only 20, which I honestly think might be generous. Um because Tennessee's defense is kind of good, and South Carolina's offense is real bad. Uh, 20 points actually kind of feels like a lot for South Carolina. And nonetheless, Tennessee sitting at the top 10 points projected. <clears throat> um, so that that could be interesting. It's just where you're going to go. Um, we'll talk about the running backs is probably the most interesting thing. Um, moving on to Oklahoma and Texas. This is one of the marquee games of the week. Uh, both teams... Uh, looking pretty good, actually. Oklahoma still undefeated, although not looking good, but in you know in position for the playoff. And Texas, uh, I believe, just has the one loss, and so they're looking to revitalize that program as Sark has done a decent job so far. 
Um, the only good defensive unit on the field really is going to be uh, Oklahoma's run defense. Um, but this game's pretty high projected total, 63 points, 33 projected for Oklahoma, 30 projected for Texas. Oklahoma's a top five scoring offense this week on the slate. So the defenses, yeah, are not very good. Uh, Oklahoma seems to have a top 10 run defense, uh, both in efficiency and overall volume allowed. Uh, and that's obviously Texas's strength with Bijan Robinson, who comes in this week at like 9,200 or something like that. He's by far and away the most expensive running back after, you know, I think he almost got 40 carries last week. Um, near, I, I think over 200 yards and two scores. I mean, he's just an absolute beast. Is he matchup proof is going to like truly matchup proof is going to be a question you have to ask yourself being so expensive on the slate and going up against uh, what is so far been a pretty good run defense for Oklahoma. Uh, Ole Miss at Arkansas 66 point total. You know, we love to target the Ole Miss matchups. This is no different than last year. Uh, they have an elite offense and a mad defense, uh, although improved defense, although, you know, it, it didn't take much to be improved from last year's like historically horrific defense. So they're improved, but they're still not good. Um, Arkansas has a good pass defense. Their rush defense is not necessarily too exciting. And this is, so this, you know, it's kind of strength on strength in terms of Arkansas pass defense versus Ole Miss pass offense. I think Ole Miss wins that even though uh, up to this point, Arkansas's pass defense has been pretty good. Um, could be a function of who they've played. I mean, I know, they beat Zach Calzada led Texas A&M. They beat Georgia with Stetson Bennett uh, behind center. So I'm not sure they have done. They played Texas and beat Texas, but I, they haven't faced a, a very, very good pass defense. They haven't faced anyone nearly as good as Ole Miss is through the air. So I would, I would say that I think Ole Miss wins this matchup uh, in terms of Offense versus defense, uh, just in terms of scoring and production on that on that front. Arkansas offense, probably not too interested in them against this Ole Miss defense. I wish KJ Jefferson was a little cheaper. We'll go into that later. Uh, he would be the main guy I would want to target, I think. Uh, Baylor at West Virginia. Oh, boy. Point total only 44, which in college is extremely low. Uh, both of these teams bottom third on the slate in terms of projected points Baylor for 23 West Virginia for 20 I can't really say I'm too excited about that game at all uh Ohio State Maryland as is almost every week Ohio State projected for the most points on the slate 44 to Maryland's 24 which is kind of towards the bottom half of projected points um I think this game is going to be a heavy targeted game we'll get into that a little bit more but um you know, the, the Maryland defense, not very good in any one particular area. Ohio State's defense, again, I mean, both of these are like middling defenses and both offenses are, are fairly good. So I think that game is probably correct uh, to target. Uh, and Vegas seems to think so as well. Michigan State at Rutgers, 50 point total. Michigan State at 27, Rutgers at 22. These are both bottom half teams. Um I, you know, Kenneth Walker would be the guy, obviously, for Michigan State. That's not telling you anything. The Rutgers rush defense is definitely worse than their pass defense, uh, at least up to this point on the slate. 
you know, kind of a bottom half run defense, both in efficiency and volume allowed. So I'm down with Kenneth Walker this week, and he's way discounted from Bijan with a much better matchup and probably a similar touch load, although he's not quite as explosive as Bijan Robinson. Louisville at Virginia, probably game of the week. Um, it's either this or Ohio State, Maryland, just in terms of likelihood that this game just explodes, you know, 30 plus points on either side. Louisville projected for 33, Virginia projected for 31. Uh, you know, it's a tight margin, two point spread and a 65 point total. You love to see it. Uh, it's going to be hard to fade this game. You've got two good quarterbacks. You've got a variety of, um, you know, weapons on either side. I think you're going to have to have pretty good exposure to Virginia Louisville, Georgia, Auburn. I Georgia's like uh, Iowa. I tweeted out last week. Georgia's just Iowa with five stars. And I, and I still believe that, um, you don't want to target games with Georgia and Iowa. I mean, you just don't, they're bad offenses. They're elite defenses. There's not a lot of points being scored here. I don't, I don't see a reason to target this game. Um, Brigham Young at Boise State, point total 55, five-point spread. So that's BYU favored uh, to score about 30 versus BYU, uh, Boise State's 25. Um, but neither defense is very good, especially Boise State has been really uh, unimpressive on the defensive side of the ball. We know BYU's got some nice uh, players and a nice offense over there. The one thing is what who's going to play quarterback for BYU? That is up in the air right now. They've got some injuries. And it could be down to the third string, which, uh, you know, I think about it. Uh, he, he's going to be like the stone minimum uh, if he does get the start. But that's going to be something you have to wait for Saturday, I think, to find out. Wake Forest at Syracuse, 56-point spread um, or 56-point six, total, 7-point spread in favor of Wake Forest, uh, who is projected to score 31 points. Syracuse defense is actually pretty good. I mean, it's a, it's a top 40 defense in general. Uh, across the board, really, their strength would be the pass defense versus the run defense. Um, uh, it just makes me a little less excited about some of the Wake Forest pieces. Uh, I think Syracuse, you know, if, if they're not great on defense, I think their style of play lends itself for these games not to be very explosive. Uh, the way they run the ball and control the ball on offense, there's just not a lot of opportunity um, they keep their own defense off the field, basically. So the opponent doesn't have tons of time to work with. Wake Forest defense, not that impressive, but Syracuse offense is just run, 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 run. Um, you know, Sean Tucker's in play and they're running quarterback, like literally just a running quarterback. He's not going to throw it for much at all. So he's truly just a running back. Not too excited about Schrader. Wisconsin, Illinois. Uh, oof. 43 points, 25 to 17 is the projected point totals. Uh, you don't want any Illinois players, and I don't think you want any Wisconsin players. I mean, maybe we'll talk about some cheaper options at, 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 at receiver for them. But, man, Graham Mertz stinks. He just stinks. And I don't really want a lot of exposure to this game. Iowa-Penn State. 41 point total 41 this is an nfl this is like low for an nfl game uh it is bottom scratching the bottom there all that this is an interesting real life football game 
Uh, both these teams are fighting for, you know, a playoff berth. They're going to be uh, going up, you know, go, they're going to have to end up facing Ohio State, and that will really be the decider here. But one of these, this is a playoff game, uh, you know, in in early October. The loser is probably out. The winner has a chance to move on. Very interesting teams, but they are all defense, folks. We've got two top 40 defenses. We've really probably got like two top 20 defenses going up against each other with really meh offenses unlikely to have any exposure to that game in a, for fantasy purposes okay so that is the slate as a whole now we're going to talk of course about the individual players what do i like let you know we always go through quarterbacks first and you've got the top quarterback of course is um Matt Corral taking the uh, torch from Bryce Young of last week as a $10,000 option on DraftKings. This is really an interesting, like, do you pay up for Corral situation? Because after last week, kind of a stinker against Alabama. And now he's more expensive than he was last year or last week. Will he be uh, a fade? Um, because he's 10K and there's some other good options. Um, but he's, let's not forget, two weeks ago, the guy almost put up 60 DraftKings points, uh, 59.2 against uh, Tulsa or Tulane. I think it was Tulane. Anyway, um, it could be a pay up and be different situation for Corral. I, I don't hate it. Um, I currently like Mikhail Cunningham more. Uh, who is sitting at 9,700 versus Corral at, 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 a, at 10K. But again, that might be what everybody thinks. And so you could get Corral relatively lower rostered. But I mean, Cunningham is really hard to ignore. He is now, okay, he didn't play an entire game against Eastern Kentucky, still put up 29.98 DraftKings points. He was one passing yard shy of 30. If he had gotten to 30, he would then be at, over 30 DraftKings points, uh, five weeks in a row to start the season. The guy is a machine. He's going to give you 50-plus on the ground. Uh, you know, actually 40-plus on the ground, I think is really fair to say. And he has had, holy cow, I actually didn't realize this. He's had two rushing touchdowns in every single game this season. Two rushing touchdowns in every single game. Wow, that feels a little unsustainable, honestly, at this point. Uh, if he gets all the same stats and one less rushing touchdown, you know, he's he's only a 24-point guy, which is not terrible, but at 9,700, 24 points is not going to really get you too excited. That's really interesting. I did not realize he had done that in every single game. You know, maybe... Maybe this isn't uh, the best week for, I mean, I don't know. That's kind of an interesting fade because he can't do that every game, right? Um, yeah, I, I, but I mean, it's a Louisville versus Virginia. Uh, like I said, that game, you're going to want tons of exposure to it. But uh, the other guy in that game is Brennan Armstrong, who is another great option. He He's thrown for an obscene amount of passing yards, 339, 405, 554 against UNC, 407 against Wake, and then uh, got under that against Miami. He was only at 268. 
Miami was his worst, worst game this season. He had scored 36, 44, 39, 29, and then only 15 against Miami. You're getting him at a bit of a discount here, 9,200. That's 800 less than Corral. That's uh, 400, 500 less than Cunningham. And actually, if, if the Miami game wasn't on his, on his resume, he's basically you know, tip for tat with, with Cunningham uh, and you could get a discount. You've got a bad Louisville defense, of course, um, who uh, is actually worse against the everything. They're, they're not good. They're not good really anywhere. Um, okay. If, if that game is happening, uh, I think, I think Armstrong uh, is actually the the play here uh, between the two of them. Of course you could stack them. Of course you could stack them both quarterbacks, but I really like Armstrong. The only thing is he doesn't run nearly as much as, uh, as Cunningham. Uh, You know, he's going to give you, he's going to give you more like 20 to 30. He has not had a rushing touchdown since week one against William and Mary, but we know that's in his game. He's done that before. So, you know, maybe it's a week to bet on, on Con- on Armstrong getting in the end zone on the ground um, and maybe having a little more of a ceiling game, save a little cash than Cunningham, who, if he does not get in the end zone twice on the ground, you know, may come back to be a disappointment. So I really like that. Actually um, you're going to have to choose some of these high end quarterbacks. I think this week, the other guys in play are CJ Stroud, of course, coming off. I believe it was five touchdowns last week against Rutgers yeah i don't know he he's not bad i mean he's gonna he's gonna you know he's gonna push for 30 points i think but so is armstrong i just think armstrong actually is probably the best option here because you do get a bit of a discount and um and the, the exact same ceiling and consistency honestly other than the miami game which was at miami um you know i think that's a decent he's going to give you 30 just like the rest of these guys. So Crowell, Cunningham, Stroud, and Armstrong are the top guys. And then you've got Spencer Rattler. Now that's a discount, but man, the Ohio Oklahoma offense has just been dreadful. Uh, Rattler's not going to give you a ton on the ground, 20 to 30 yards though. He may give you a rushing touchdown, but the guy has not eclipsed 300 passing yards uh, since week one versus Tulane in a game that they had to like come back from. I can't explain it. They are just, it is a bizarre offense in Oklahoma. They're running so their, their yards per, per, you know, reception and, and everything is just so low. I mean, they've got no receivers averaging, um, you know, all their receivers are averaging like 30 to 50 yards. I mean, they just spread it around no big plays. It's just a weird, weird offense. I guess their O-line uh, is really, really bad, and so they must not have a whole lot of time to set up these long-developing plays deep, But and, and defenses are keeping them in front of them. I guess they're not getting tons of yak either, and it's just it's been a weird struggle for Oklahoma. Um, they're all priced down. I mean, Rattler at 8,300 is relatively cheap. You've got um, some guys in the in the receiving game that are very cheap. We'll have to look into that because the Texas defense, folks, is bad. They are allowing 20% explosive pass rate. That's one out of every five passes goes for over 20 yards. That maybe will cure what ails you for the Oklahoma offense. Uh, they are almost 100th in the country in opponents' pass yards per attempt. They're allowing a lot 
through the air. Defensive EPA per pass, they're 99th in the country. I mean, this is a bad pass defense. So I think it's very potentially a get-right spot for Oklahoma. Not sure I want to do it with Rattler, but I probably want to do it with some of their receivers. We'll talk about them later. Then you've got uh, Peyton Thorne. He is 8,200. Now, this guy's been very good for Michigan State. Kind of an upstart dude. Um, he just came off a 300-yard passing game, but it was against Western Kentucky when they had to keep the pedal to the metal. He has thrown for four touchdowns twice, but one touchdown in the rest of them. I'm not interested. I don't think this is a ceiling game for Thorne. Um, you know, I think 250 and two is, is probably the expectation here. Uh, and he's just, he's too expensive for, for that. Um, Hendon Hooker, Hendon Hooker for Tennessee. I just talked about how South Carolina's defense is pretty crappy. Uh, he came off his prop, uh, I think for sure his best game of the week, uh, year against Missouri. He scored 35 fantasy points. He ran for 80 yards and a touchdown in addition to three passing touchdowns, but Missouri's defense is absolutely atrocious. I don't want to pay this week for last week's performance. I think that's what you're doing here. Uh, I had him a pretty good amount last week uh, when he was priced down and now he's got the bump against a bad South Carolina defense. That's true. But I, you know, 7,900, I think there's some better guys later. Um, let's skip down to some, Guys, I like uh, kind of cheaper. I mentioned KJ Jefferson. Uh, he he is priced up in this Ole Miss game. So he's been under 6K all season. And now he's at 6,900. So he's not the discount that he has been. Um, and he just, yeah, he hasn't performed when the big when the big games have come out. You know, he against uh, Texas, he only scored 11. Against Texas A&M, he was at 21. Price to 5,700. That wasn't too bad. He scored three points against Georgia, which uh, is kind of what people do against Georgia. If he was a, under 6K, like he has been all season, I would be all over it. At 6,900, I don't think it's the discount that we need uh, against a, a Ole Miss defense that is is not good, but but not as much of a pushover as last year. You know, then we struggle to find some real uh, gems. The one guy I want to point out is at 6K, which just feels really, really low after an absolutely abysmal performance against Iowa is uh, Taulia Tego-Viola. So he was 8K versus Illinois and scored 23 points. It's about 3X, not great. Um, he was at 7K against Iowa, and I liked him on a short slate. And he came in with 11 points. Very bad. Now he's at 6K, uh, which is too much of a discount, in my opinion. The guy against West Virginia had 28 points. West Virginia's got a decent defense. He uh, threw for 330 and 3 against Howard. Didn't play the whole game in a 62-0 blowout, but still threw for 274 and 3. And then against Kent State, he was uh, 384 and three touchdowns. So he has 303 in his bag for sure. Now, did he struggle against Illinois? Kind of, but it was really just unlucky. He threw for 350 yards against Illinois. Only one touchdown pass. He ran for 25 on the ground. He scored 23 points. But if he gets to, you know, two touchdowns, that's 27 points. You're fairly happy with that at 8k i mean it's not great but it's a somewhat of a discount i think that type of game 
against Ohio State, who is not an, an amazing defense by any stretch this year. Uh, and, and there's extra vulnerable through the pass or, or um, you know, via via the pass. They have opponents pass yards, 102nd in the nation total pass yards. They allow 120. Uh, they're 120th in the country in terms of plays allowed. That's 75 per game. So oh, Miss Maryland's going to get a chance to run a lot of plays. Maryland likes to run their top 40 team and plays run on, on their own offense. Um, they allow 12% explosive pass rate. It's not great, but like it's, it's 46th in the country. I mean, it's, it's not, we're not talking about a great pass defense here. EPA per pass is 57th in the country. Um, pass yards per 10th, 50th. They're not a top 40 defense. Ohio state is like, okay. They're not great. Um, and, and Maryland's been a very good pass offense. I think we are getting a discount here. I will absolutely be playing some Tego Viola at 6k. That's the other thing he's at 6k. Uh, I think, uh, expectation here is like 24 points at least, uh, for 6k for X, um, isn't elite necessarily, um, but I think that's like an expectation. That's not even ceiling here. I think ceiling is 30 points at 6K, which would be fabulous. Um, I just think, especially in like, I guess in cash, it's your risk tolerance. But I think in cash, I mean, uh, I think a 20 to 24 point floor for 6K at quarterback is really nice. Um, you know, at the, the high, high end guys, we're talking about 30 points, but they're in the nine. So you're saving 3K with the same ceiling and a floor that's not that bad, I don't think. Uh, I mean, outside of the horrible Iowa game, he's really performed for us uh, in 29, 23, 23, 28 points. He just had a horrific game against Iowa. I don't think that's going to happen again against Ohio State. Really like that. Uh, great value play, whether it's uh, cash value or, you know, tournament. I, I think people are going to be off him in tournaments because of what happened last week and a kind of a primetime spot on Friday night. Running backs, uh, Bijan Robinson is the most expensive running back on the slate. He's 9,300, which is absolutely bonkers. I remember when Chris and I were talking about him at 7,200 against Texas Tech. He only went for 30 points that week. We were all over that. Uh, he climbed to 8,700 last week and then went for 40 points. And now he's at 9,200. But this is going to be one of his tougher matchups against the Oklahoma run defense. I think he's an elite talent. I think he's a, a reasonable fade at 9,300 in probably the toughest matchup in weeks for the Texas uh, running game. Um, he had 14 points against Arkansas in a game that, you know, they only scored 21 points. He was 19 for 69. He had one reception for four yards. He's catching two balls a game. So uh, he doesn't have like an insane passing floor. Uh, he's a great receiving back. I'm not saying that I'm saying the production here is not quite what you want to see. Um, I think the floor here is lower than you might think. Um, he's put together. Uh, I mean, basically outside of the Arkansas game, he has scored over 30 draft King points in every single week. He is a, he's a total stud, but you haven't had to pay 9,300 for him yet. Um, given the fact that his price is way up and the matchup is probably one of the tougher ones um, he the Texas offense has seen this year, their only other really challenge was was Arkansas and the whole offense kind of sputtered. And so I'm a little 
I'm a little hesitant to just lock and load Bijan this week. Like I have been for the past couple of weeks. Um, Second guy on the slate is Kenneth Walker. He's 8,100. You got to like this. Uh, I mean, similar production to Bijan Robinson uh, on the season. 53 points against Northwestern, which is just ridiculous. Uh, that was week one. He had four rushing touchdowns, 264 rushing yards. Youngstown State didn't really play 11 points. Miami, 30 points. Nebraska, only six. And then Western Kentucky, 33. He's definitely going to give you, you know, I think 20 carries. Now, he caught three passes against Miami, but otherwise has not caught any passes on the season. So you, I really do wish he caught some more passes. But, you know, a guy you can pretty much lock and load, I believe, 22 carries, maybe a pass here or there. All the goal line equity against the Rutgers defense that, you know, is is they're, they're weak. if they have a weakness, you know, they're not very good. They're okay. But if they have a weakness, it's, it's you know, it's rushing efficiency. Uh, 58th in terms of opponents' rush yards per attempt a 59th defensive EPA per rush, 83rd in the country, allowing an explosive run on 21% of the carries they face. So that's one out of every five carries goes for 10 yards or more. I think it's a great matchup actually for Kenneth Walker. You're getting a $1,200 discount off Bijan Robinson with probably plus or minus 10% touch, uh, touch projection just in terms of opportunity there. Um, yeah, I, I actually really like that. I think Kenneth Walker's pretty darn good play for this week. Uh, then you have Tyler Al- Algier, or Al- Algier, I guess. Uh, man, I should know how to say that by now. BYU's running back. Uh, he's not quite getting the same. I mean, yeah, pretty close, I guess. I mean, he's, he's going to give you about 21 carries. He does catch a few more passes than Kenneth Walker. So volume here is probably pretty similar. Um, a little less on the carries, but what he's going to make up for that with a couple of receptions that Walker may not give you. He's at 7,800 against a pretty bad Boise state defense. So I actually like that play pretty, uh, pretty good amount. Let's, uh, review here again, how bad Boise state's defense is, uh, 109th in rush yards allowed 98th in yards per rush 76th in the country in EPA per rush. And then, uh, Wow. 118th in explosive rush rate, 26%. So, and some of the key points here, they're worse than the Rutgers run defense. So that's absolutely an option as your RB1 is Al Gear for BYU. Trevon Henderson is an absolute stud monster. Uh, he is he is in line behind Bijan Robinson's best running back in college football and the best pro, pro prospect as well in this game against Maryland. I really want to play him. I wish he was uh, priced down a little bit. I don't think you can lock and load 20 carries for him. Uh, and he's not catching three to four passes a game. I think this is a bit of a sucker play. Honestly, he is a fantastic talent. But um, in blowouts, back-to-back games with eight carries. Now, these are blowouts. Uh, they haven't had to, you know, they. but they're going to mix in, I think, Master Teague. They're going to mix in... Uh, I guess Mayan Williams is out, but I think they're going to mix in some different players here. He had 12 carries against Oregon. It's just the only game he really was the ceiling that you're hoping for is Tulsa. And I believe everybody else was injured in that game. So they had no choice, but to feed him, he was spectacular. I mean, the guy's incredible, but 
I don't think this is the salary I want to play him at uh, unless o- Ohio state, we get some word that he's like absolutely locked and loaded as the stud uh, and going to get 20 carries. I just think you're, you're paying a, a high price for volume. That's absolutely not guaranteed. Then we got talk about guaranteed volume. I mean, you've got Sean Tucker for, for Syracuse. Um, 20 plus t- uh, carries is in his game. He's very likely to add two to three receptions um, in this game against Wake Forest. Not that scared about Wake Forest. I mean, this guy's just an absolute hoss. He's coming off a, a down game, but other than that, 27 18, 64 against, I guess it was like Albany, uh, 64 points, which is insane. Um, Liberty scored 30 points. FSU last week off game uh, only had 13 points. Uh, 7,200 for a guy who's going to, you know, definitely give you 20 touches. Similar to like a Kenneth Walker with some plus um, uh, plus expectation in the passing game. And Wake Forest's run defense, not great, but if anything, that's their strength. Versus, So it's kind of uh, this is an interesting game because Wake Forest strength versus Syracuse strength is going to be head-to-head here. The matchup's not my absolute favorite, but you're getting a bit of a discount at 7,200. I think I'd rather play Algier for for 7,800, to be honest with you. Um, 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 Okay, Tyon Evans going up against South Carolina. They're going to split time here. I guess Jabari Smalls probably injured. Um, So the Tennessee run game becomes interesting. Jabari Smalls' update is undisclosed injury. He didn't return to the game. We're not going to know until, uh, you know, basically noon. Keep your uh, eyes peeled on that one. Uh, Whitehead for Tennessee is who got some run last week when Small went down. He ended up with nine carries for 76 yards, one reception for 10 yards. Uh, He's at 3,600. So he's in play. I I think they want to run multiple backs. You know, Heupel did this at UCF. He ran multiple backs. Um, I just think that's kind of his style. And I think you're paying for last week's ceiling game with Evans. He was only 6,200 last week and scored 36 points. He's up to 6,900. I'm not sure, even with the injury to small. I mean, they still ran a lot of Whitehead last week. I just, I don't think they're going to force feed him the way that you may think they want to even with the injury to small chase brown against wisconsin no thanks uh i've got some bad matchups here i just don't want anything to do with um one guy i'd like to highlight as we get lower in the price range is uh jaylen mitchell for louisville so he's coming in at only 4600 and the interesting thing is here you know we talk about potential volume and opportunity and he's actually pretty good um in terms of ex- what we can expect here, you're going to, you're going to be able to kind of pencil in, you know, 15 to 18 carries uh, and maybe some receptions. Um, you know, I think he's averaging 15 a game, but certainly his ceiling is, you know, 18 and Mikhail Cunningham, as we know, or Malik Cunningham, sorry. Uh, I think he's gone, goes by both names. Nevertheless, um, he, you know, like we said, he's run in two, two touchdowns in every single game. Can Jalen Mitchell get one of those instead of Cunningham? Uh, just because of variance, just because I don't think Cunningham's going to run it in two times every single game this year. Um, it's probably, a, you know, kind of worth 
a, a bet that Mitchell picks up an extra touchdown rather than Cunningham uh, on some of these games moving forward. He gets about two targets per game or one target per game, but we've definitely seen him come up with um, two or three uh, catches occasionally. Uh, two against Wake Forest, two against UCF, three against Eastern Kentucky, one against Ole Miss uh, in the beginning of the season. So I think he's good for one, two receptions. That's nice, more than Kenneth Walker. Um, a few less extra carries, of course. I mean, 15 to 18 carries. But in this game that uh, against Virginia's run defense, which is really bad. I mean, if they have a weakness uh, that's more than the rest of their weaknesses because their whole defense is pretty crappy, but – their run defense is absolutely atrocious. And so I think, like we've talked about with Cunningham, I mean, I think a, a pretty reasonable pivot here is go for Jalen Mitchell at 4,600. You're going to get decent volume from him. And, uh, you know, if he gets in the zone, you know, basically one less for Cunningham, one more for Mitchell. I want Mitchell this week. And uh, I, I actually kind of like that. Now they got, freshman Trevion Cooley involved last week. I was looking at him. He got 10 carries, but I think that's, I don't think right now this week is when he, you know, explodes. I like him as a player. He's a Debbie darling. A lot of people had him pretty high in terms of freshman running backs coming into this year. I think he's a good talent. I don't think he's like going to just all of a sudden jump into, you know, flip-flopping roles where he gets 18 carries and Jalen Mitchell gets 10. I think he's probably going to stay right around 10, so I'm not ready to pay for him yet at 3,800. I'd rather Mitchell at 46 uh, in this matchup, especially. I think he's going to be a lot of my uh, in a lot of my lineups. Jalen Mitchell this week against that Virginia run defense. It's a way to get involved with this game at a, at a low entry uh, entry point, I think, uh, and I kind of like that. Obviously, if you need extreme savings, Cooley is in play if he's going to get 10 plus touches. And another guy in play who's pretty cheap, and I and I like him. I played him last week, and he actually was pretty solid. Got some of the most work last week in their game against Bama. Is Ole Miss uh, Henry Parrish Jr. who came in. Uh, he's now scored 12, 17, and 10 points in his last three games. He has scored one touchdown against, um, I guess it was uh, Tulane. And, but he's now seeing eight, nine, and 11 attempts He's catching passes, which is actually really nice. Three, two, and three in his last three games. So, you know, he's a guy at 4,800. I mean, Jalen Mitchell is 4,600. So you get even more of a discount with Mitchell. But if you want um, access to that Ole Miss offense and don't want to pay up for some of the receiving options or Matt Corral, I think Parrish is a decent play here. I think he uh, is, is kind of a preferred runner to Jerry and Ely. And he's receiving as much of the passing work, which is kind of what's really shocking. You know, he's actually caught more passes than Ely and and seeing more uh, running than Ely as well, um, you know, over the past three weeks. So he's kind of emerging. Uh, it's a fantastic offense. I mean, you know, depending on what you want to do, you could roll out Mitchell and Parrish if you didn't want to pay up for a running back. And uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate that. So uh, that's, that's definitely a guy to keep highlighted. I mean, Parrish until his price goes up, I, I probably will have some Parrish uh, sprinkled because if he gets in the end zone, all of a sudden you're looking at a 18 point game probably uh, with, you know, at 40, 
uh, what, 4,800. I and mean, that's, that's great for, for a savings guy to give you a ceiling uh, approaching 20 points if he gets in the end zone. All right, receivers. Number one on the slate is, of course, Dontario Drummond at 7,700. He's Ole Miss's stud. Uh, he's seeing uh, eight targets a game, I think it is. And so, you know, that's that's fantastic volume uh, on a good offense. You, you just – he's the number one guy. He's basically a slightly store brand uh, Eli Moore from last year. Or not slightly. I mean, he's store brand Eli Moore from last year because he's not doing what Eli Moore did – uh, we also have Braylon Sanders, who has been elevated with uh, the injury to Mingo and um, had a decent game last week. But I'm not that interested in Sanders, actually. If I want to get in on this, I probably am going Drummond. Sanders at 5,500. I think um, there's just some better options. And I'm not sold. This is like a ceiling game for Ole Miss. I mean, I think they'll be fine. But like, I don't think this is a ceiling game. And uh, of course, they're going to be chalk as they're always going to be chalk. Ole Misses. Um, Chris Olave for, for Ohio State. He continues to be priced above Garrett Wilson. And uh, as Chris and I have said all year, this makes no sense. On the season, Garrett Wilson is seeing 8.4 targets to Chris Olave's 7.2 targets. They've run the same amount of routes. Garrett Wilson has more yards, but fewer touchdowns and Garrett Wilson has more unrealized fantasy points. I I'm all about Garrett Wilson at the discount. I mean, he's, and it's not even a slight discount. I mean, it's a considerable discount. It's $800 um, cheaper. Give me Garrett Wilson. I'm definitely going to have a lot of him for 6,800 this week against, uh, you know, I think one of the better shootout games of the slate, which is Ohio state at Maryland or Maryland at Ohio state really like Garrett Wilson. Really like the discount between him and Olave. I mean, you could stack them all with Stroud if you want. That's going to be very expensive. But I, I, Garrett Wilson, if you just pick one, I mean, I, I don't see why you don't take that savings. He'll probably be chalk again, but I'm fine with that. Um, Jaden Reed for for Michigan State is is having himself quite a year against Rutgers this week. Uh, the, I think the targets aren't quite there. In fact. Thanks to Chris's handy dandy sheet, Jaden Reed's only seeing 5.6 targets per game to Jalen Naylor's 7.8. He's just scoring more touchdowns. I think he he scored a couple of special teams touchdowns as well. So he's like a dynamic player. I mean, I really like Jaden Reed, but I don't want to pay the premium. Uh, if I want to get exposure to that game, I'm going to go Naylor uh, for 1,300 less. And then we get to uh, Virginia at Louisville. Uh, yeah, you're, you 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 want exposure to this game. The question is, how are you going to get exposure to this game? You've got Dontavian Wicks, uh, who's probably the, the best receiver, the most exciting receiver on Virginia. Billy Kemp, kind of more of a volume guy, doesn't get in the end zone as much, um, is uh, 6,500 to Wicks' 7K. I don't mind either one of those plays, but when you... Um, talk about this game i think i think you really got to think about the the cheap options in the virginia passing game and that is keaton thompson and rashawn henry now keaton thompson is very interesting guy uh, like a former quarterback i think at mississippi state transferred to virginia they've converted him to like a like a i guess he's a wide receiver but kind of a tight end um He's a big dude, like 6'3", 4", 
230, 40 pounds, something like that, 220, 230, something like that. And it's awesome. He wears number 99, which is just like totally badass, I think, for a, 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 a skill position player, you know. But he's not, he's probably just not as cheap as I want him to be. He's seeing six targets per game. Um, he's, he's run 30 routes. So actually he's run the same amount of routes as Billy Kemp and Dontavian Wicks who are at 31. So you, you kind of like that. Um, he's seeing 57 receiving yards uh, per game. So not a ton, uh, Kemp and Wicks of course have more yards, but I, I just think this is a real interesting, if he was like closer to four or in the threes, like some guys are, I'd probably be more on board. Um, He's only scored one TD on the season, but it was a rushing TD. He gets four to three to four rushing attempts per game. He's going to add about 40 yards on the ground to his 50 to 60 in the air uh, and four receptions. So he's kind of like this hybrid utility player that kind of does a lot of interesting things. He scored 14, 11, 20, and 15 points. If you pick him, you want obviously you need that touchdown. I think you're you're going to get 15 points or so. But if he gets in the end zone, he's get, he's up to 21 at 4600. That's really what you like. I think the nice thing about Thompson is the game is a an explosive game with a high point total and a lot of back and forth. Um, and so if he's going to have a ceiling game with a touchdown, or you know, in a dream world, he scores two. But that's the case for really every player. Um, you know, you're looking at a 20 point to, I mean, two touchdowns. Yeah. I don't think we can bet on that, but I think you're looking at like 20, 22 points in a potential ceiling game in this particular matchup, uh, for 4,600. So, you know, that's, that's pushing four X that's not too bad, but then you get very interesting with Rashawn Henry, who also sees six targets per game, just like Thompson, um, and, and has actually run the most routes on the team, but only 47 receiving yards. He's only scored one touchdown that came, um, back in week one against William and Mary, but otherwise he's going to give you about four receptions, uh, somewhere between 50 and 60 yards, I think is reasonable. Um, the big difference with him is, you know, compared to the Thompson is that he doesn't get the rushing uh, contribution that Thompson does. So Thompson's going to chip in an extra three points floor, but you get a discount with Henry. I mean, 3,300. Uh, I think at 3,300 in this particular game, Henry is a pretty nice play. Uh, you know, he's going to get some run. I mean, 3,300 for a guy who's going to give you four for 52 kind of on a baseline you know, that's pushing 10 points at 3,300. Like that's an expectation is 10 points. Um, you know, if he gets in the zone, even better. So I'm pretty interested there for uh, Rashawn Henry in this matchup. Oh, and by the way, Jelani Woods, their tight end, who has seen about five targets per game and scored three touchdowns in the last three games is out. So that's another reason why Thompson and Henry both, you know, you can, in this game, you can say they're going to have their best game of the season this week and you're getting a discount. Rashawn Henry is a really nice play at 3,300 uh, if you need some extra savings. I really, really like Rashawn Henry. Um, 
especially with these target numbers. I mean, it's not like this guy's already seen six targets with Johnny Woods out who's seen six targets. Let's give Henry another one to two targets. Uh, you know, I think ceiling game for him or Thompson is in play and for 3,300, really hard to ignore Thompson. Uh, let's just talk about the other side of this game, you know, for receiving. I'm not really interested in anyone on Louisville. Like, I mean, Marshawn Ford is there uh, for Louisville. I, he's sitting at... Um, you know, about six targets per game. He's at 4,800, but I'd much rather play Thompson for 4,600 if you're going to play someone in that price range. So, uh, and then I don't really want anybody else on the Louisville pass game. I think the run game is where you want to attack Louisville this week. Uh, Jonathan Mingo, is he officially out? Oh, he's in a boot fractured left foot. So again, you know, Braylon Sanders is going to be in play then for Mississippi. Um... I don't think there's anybody else I'm that excited about in this range here. You've got Traylon Burks. Um, this past game just isn't exciting. Uh, I guess Burks was pretty awesome against Georgia State and Texas A&M, uh, 24 and 33 points. But against Texas, eight points. Rice, nine points. UGA, four points. I mean, it's not Traylon Burks' um, skill. It's the offense and KJ Jefferson that I'm, I'm not really wanting to, to pay up for at all. He's 6,300. So it's not like he's, you know, super cheap. The BYU offense against, I, I don't think I want BYU until I know about their quarterback. I'm probably, you know, not going to like have them queued up to play a lot of BYU they spread the ball around a lot. You've got Gunnar Romney at five targets per game. Neil uh, Pau, six targets per game. Puka Nakwa, four targets per game. It's just kind of like five, four, six targets per game. I mean, nobody is standing out really. Um, if you wanted to do something there, I suppose you could go the cheaper of the all the options. But Puka Nakwa is at 4,200. I'd rather play, uh, you know, Henry for UVA uh, for even less. <clears throat> um, you know, I think Xavier Worthy is, is proving to be in play kind of all the time for Texas. He's at 5K, so not really a, a discount, although it is a discount off last week where he was 6,200, put up a huge dud in a good matchup against Texas Christian. Uh, only had one for seven, but previously it was five for 100, seven for 88, had scored four touchdowns over the last two games. I think he's emerging as their go-to guy. So I have no problem probably paying 5K this week. Discount, still a good matchup against Oklahoma. It's just a matter of can you fit the 5K. Uh, I've had some trouble finding a way to get that in. Um, and then we have to talk about a couple guys uh, on offenses. So let's talk about the Oklahoma passing game. And you've got Mike Woods at 4,900, Marvin, Marvin Mims at 4,400, Mike Williams, or no, Mario Williams, 3,800, and Jaden Hazelwood at 4,100. Uh, you know, Marvin Mims is kind of one of our bargain bin guys for this week. I just think he's too good to be priced this low. And I know that we've been saying that about Oklahoma. We've been saying that about Rattler. We've been saying that about um, all these guys, to be honest, but Marvin Mims is just a really good player and 4,400 for him just feels too low. They do spread the ball around. Nobody is uh, commanding an excessive target share for Oklahoma this year. Um, <clears throat> you've got five for Mario Williams, only 
3.4 for Marvin Mims, five for Hazelwood, but Mims is definitely the longer uh, A dot guy. He's averaging the most receiving yards despite the least targets. I just think he's their best option. Uh, I think if we're going to see a bit of a, of a breakout for the Sooner offense, I want a piece of Marvin Mims. Um, you know, Marvin Williams, sure, 3,800, he's in play. But I think I'd, if I'm going to go for like that level, I think I'd save even more and go Henry. Um, I don't know what to do with this offense. I mean, I think you want to have some exposure to Oklahoma this week, whether it's Mims, Williams. Um, I like Mims. I just think he's like good. Uh, I mean, that's what it comes down to with him. So, um, but you know, take your pick, whoever fits. I, I don't have a problem going Hazelwood or, or, uh, Mario Williams as well for this team. We need to talk about Maryland. So we know OSU Olave Garrett Wilson. We did. We got to talk about Maryland because Dante Demas is out and he's been really good for this team. Uh, and so with him out, I mean, we're losing like a pretty good amount of targets uh, off of their typical situation. So they're, uh, you know, we're losing about six receptions per game. Uh, I don't have his targets listed, but, you know, it's got to be about eight, I would imagine, Targets and now get redistributed. Uh, I would imagine because they're not, they're not going to run the ball very much. Not Maryland, I don't think. So next in line, you've got Rakeem Jarrett. He's at 4,100, uh, which I just think is too low. Th- this is his cheapest price on the season. He was 5,500 against Illinois and he was 4,900 against Iowa. Um, he hasn't been spectacular this year. But he's got a pretty good amount of unrealized fantasy points, sitting at 7.3 unrealized fantasy points per game, which is which is kind of a lot. He's still averaging seven targets per game, um, 55 receiving yards. And, and I would imagine we can bump those targets. I mean, if he's sitting at seven a game, he was definitely the 1B to Demas. And now he's thrust into 1A. And uh, I, I think, you know, eight, nine targets in this game is very doable. Maybe more than that, because it's probably a ceiling game for the offense, given the fact that they're going to have to throw, they're going to have to keep pace with Ohio state. Um, if there's going to be a ceiling game, I think, you know, this could be it uh, for them. Uh, and last time he had a ceiling game against West Virginia and Howard, he was sitting at 27 points against West Virginia. He had, um, He had six for 122 and a touchdown. He had six for 67 and a touchdown against Howard uh, before, you know, some more serious teams came in. Illinois and Iowa, of course, was really bad. But at 4,100, this is a guy who could easily – I would not be even shocked at all if he goes for 20 points. So that's 5X basically um, absolutely in his range of outcomes uh, as the alpha in this offense, in this game – what the game flow is going to be like really like Jarrett um, really like Jarrett. I I feel like you kind of have to smash play of the week. And uh, yeah, he's who I picked. It's just, his price tag is too low given the injury to Demas. I think uh, Tulia is a good quarterback. He had a horrific week last week, but I'm back on the train here with the Maryland offense with Rakeem Jarrett. Give, give me all that stuff. And then also, 
bargain bin. We're going back to Maryland for bargain bin number two here with Jay Sean Jones. He's just too cheap. 3,500. And steps into the role that, uh, you know, potentially Jarrett used to have. So Jarrett probably gets bumped up to the Demas role. Jones gets bumped up to the Jarrett role. And so he's sitting at, Jones is sitting at five targets per game already. I think we can, you know, pencil in seven for him now all of a sudden. At 3,500, just too cheap for a guy who's going to get that kind of usage for Jones. I really like him this week again, saving. So, I mean, I think you've got some, some really nice receiving options uh, in the threes uh, Jones and then uh, Henry for Virginia that like are really on the low, low end, which allows you to potentially pay up for at least one of the big running backs um, at least one of the big quarterbacks, um also goes without saying i guess i didn't mention him but khalil shakir for boise state you just always kind of want him i mean tons of targets uh averaging i think eight a game or um something uh let's see i like to give you the real numbers not guessing here so boise state he's averaging nine targets per game i think that's most on the slate so you really like shakir i always like to play him when he's on a slate because he's you know kind of one of the surest volume receivers you can have out there that's basically it i think for value you go to maryland you go to rashawn henry for virginia or thompson those are like the value guys who have both you know all of which have increased opportunity because of injuries to jelani woods at virginia to dante demas at maryland and and so you're you know those guys open up the rest of your lineup and um so then it just, you know, who are you going to pay up for? Is it one of the top four quarterbacks? Are you going to do, um, you know, Bijan or Kenneth Walker, Algier, um, two of those guys? I mean, if you want to get crazy with it. So it really depends on, on what you want to do there. You know, Garrett Wilson, I, I think a mock lineup for me, you know, that I've been playing around with and feel good about as of right now would be like Tego Viola. Uh, with two his two receivers, Jones and Jarrett. So a three-way stack for Maryland. Run it back with Garrett Wilson on Ohio State. So a lot of exposure to that game. And then Brennan Armstrong, um, you know, naked because he, he hopefully runs the ball some more, maybe gets in the end zone. But I'm not sure I love him being, um, you know, by himself in that game. So I got to figure out a way to get Henry in there, which is tough. I have Shakir just because I really like him always. But, you know, maybe you go Henry instead of Shakir, save that money, and then go up Mitchell. Maybe you could get to uh, uh, Robinson, you know. So I really like some of these things. Depends on if you feel like you need it with, with the savings. I mean, you don't always have to go uh, all this savings. That does get me exactly to Bijan Robinson. So, you know, I go Shakir down to Henry which is a little nerve wracking because I love Shakir so much. But if I go Armstrong, Henry, have all that stacking in Maryland and Ohio State, Algier, and that gets me exactly to Bijan Robinson with zero money left over. That's a pretty exciting lineup. Um, of course, previously, instead of Robinson, I had done Mitchell for Louisville. And then instead of Henry, Shakir. So the trade-off is, you know, Henry gets the bump. Are you comfortable with that over Shakir? Um, you know, and then you get the the comfort of Bijan and his 20 plus touches in an, in a game that should be back and forth and just fine. Um, 
you know, instead of Mitchell, who you're hoping for that extra touchdown. So I definitely think either one of these variations is a good lineup and uh, we'll see how that all plays out. But that is it for me. I hope you enjoyed the solo show. This is a throwback to last year when, when this is what we were doing on a weekly basis. I can't wait to have Chris back in the fold next week. Uh, but be sure and tune in. I unfortunately have drawn a weekend shift at my day job. I will not be with the group on Saturday. Chris won't be with the group either. Um, so we're going to have, uh, you know, will biased opinions. He's going to be there and, uh, and tune into the Saturday morning. Uh, you know, we're going to have nuggets and updates for injury, of course. Um, but, uh, I will send them some notes in terms of what I'm thinking about throughout the week and, and they can, um, you know, be my surrogate for uh for saturday morning we're gonna have updates things change throughout the week of course i always like to remind you this so tune in on saturday morning to the tailgate we will give you all the info you need to update your lineups before kickoff at noon check out campuscanda.com if you have not already it is a wonderful resource it's my website i love it and we have tons of tools um we have an instagram account now with i do some little images and tweet out stuff um it's fun and uh, also comes with some little stat nuggets that we like so until next time This has been Why Wait Till Sunday.